0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Coffee with Yvonne. You came back. That means we're friends now. You know that, right? We're friends. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed your week. At the time of this recording, it is the week of Easter. So I hope you got your Easter suits ready or at least your brunch reservations. And if you do have your reservations, can you give a sister a hookup? Because I can't get a reservation anywhere. You know, my mom called me today and she's probably listening to this podcast. So hi, mom. But you know, she called me today asking if we could go out to brunch less than three days before Easter in the DC area. I was like, mom. Where am I going to find reservations at this point? But anyway, keep your girl and your thoughts. Hopefully we'll find somewhere because I would like to get dressed up and look cute for a change. This whole sweats thing while it works for me, I kind of want to beat my face and put in my contacts. Anyway, we have a great show planned for you today. I have another special guest joining me for coffee and we're going to talk about the topic of discussion, creating safe spaces for Black women and women of color. So, Grab your coffee and let's chat. Our industry news segment, or what's the brew, as I would like to call it, is brought to you by Black Nerd Coffee. Founded by two HBCU grads, Black Nerd Coffee is a Black-owned, woman-co-founded e-commerce business. As a coffee roaster, they specialize in small batch roasted coffee and whole bean and ground finish. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Black Nerd Coffee. Coffee nerds unite. In our first story, Dunkin' Sweetens Up the Makeup Industry. Reported by Dunkin' Donuts Newsroom, the, the brand recently launched a limited edition makeup line in collaboration with Elf Cosmetics. The line includes Dunkin' Dozen eyeshadow palettes, Donut Forget Putty Primer, Glaze for Days, Lip Glosses, and more. At least they're staying on brand. They've even partnered with TikTok celebrity Is that a thing now? Michaela? Nigeria, I'm sorry if I got your name wrong, sis, I do apologize, the official Elf and Duncan ambassador to promote the collaboration via a live shopping event on her TikTok channel. On the collaboration, Corey Marchetto, the chief marketing officer for Elf Beauty, said in a statement, Elf and Duncan runs on a shared mission to delight our customers, serve up excitement, and help you be your best self. This collab is all about your morning must-haves. There's no better way to start your day than making a Dunkin' Run wearing your favorite elf makeup. You can find the limited edition collection exclusively at elfcosmetics.com and Ulta Beauty. In our next story, Black Founders Bill with Alexa, which was reported by Afrotech. Recently, the Amazon Alexa Fund, in collaboration with Alexa Startups and Bladvity, created Black Founders Build with Alexa. The program's goal is to provide resources for Black-owned businesses driving innovation through voice, AI, and ambient computing. Up to 10 Black-founded companies will receive four months of technical support and funding to innovate with Alexa and may receive 100K investment from the Alexa Fund. By the way, if you can hear it slightly in the background, my Alexa keeps going off because she thinks she's being prompted, so sorry about that. Finally, Gab Union and Dwayne Wade shake up the baby industry. This was recently reported by Women's Wear Daily, multi-hyphenate powerhouse and basketball legend Dwayne Wade and his wife, Gabrielle Union, launched proudly their own line of baby products. The line was inspired by the couple's three-year-old daughter, Kavya James, who is a mood, by the way, if you follow her on social media. Shout out to the Shady Baby crew as well as other babies with darker skin tone, Proudly is the first accessibly priced baby care line with its products, co-designed by dermatologist Dr. Nan Boyaki, who is also one of the three sisters behind the skincare line, Kirite. The Proudly products available are the Gently Body Wash in Lavender Chamomile, the Hydrating Baby Lotion in Lavender Chamomile, and the Nourishing Oil All Over Balm and Gentle Touch Baby Wipes. The great thing is about this launch, the products really are affordable with each product priced less than $12, and it's available for purchase on the Proudly e-commerce site. Before we get started with our interview, we have a new sponsor, y'all. This interview is brought to you by PG County Apparel. I've shared on this podcast before, and to anyone who listens, how proud I am to be from Prince George's County. As one of the most affluent Black counties in the nation, Prince George's County is home to everything from sports and entertainment to business and pop culture. PG County produces excellence and should be celebrated. You can show off your county pride with PG County apparel with clothing and accessories to represent your region. Visit pgcounty.com to check out their site and find them on Instagram at PG county, P-G-C-N-T-Y. Oh, and for listeners of this podcast, you can use the promo code PGPINK10 for 10% off PG. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, joining me for coffee this week is Elizabeth Dawes Gay. She is the founder of EPAD-A, which is DC's first co-working space for Black women and femme of color entrepreneurs, professionals, and creatives. I learned about her business actually through a targeted Instagram ad and just knew I had to have her on the show to talk about creating safe workspaces for black women and women of color, especially as we transition back into in-person engagement in these offices. I hope you enjoy my interview, and I hope you support her business as well. You can become a member by joining online. She drops the information inside of the interview of how you can support, and she's creating more of incubator-based programs to support startup entrepreneurs in our community. So get into this interview with Elizabeth Dawes Gay. All right, everyone. So as I mentioned, I have another special guest joining me this week for coffee. And she is someone who in the DC area is changing the way that we think about workspaces for black and women of color. I actually found out about her on Instagram. Shout out to those paid suggested ads. It actually worked this time. But I actually found out about her on Instagram and slid into those DMs earlier this year because I just had to have her on the show. Let me give her a proper introduction. Her name is Elizabeth Dawes Gay. Her pronouns are she and her. And she is a social entrepreneur whose life mission is to create a world where women of color have what they need to achieve their ideal well-being. Elizabeth's lived experience as a Black woman in the United States drives her to fight injustice and create a more equitable world. She founded, and forgive me if I say this incorrectly, y'all. iPad A. Is it iPad A, Elizabeth? A. It's iPad A. iPad a. a. Yes. A. Okay, I was close. I was close. She founded iPad A because women of color deserve a beautiful and functional sanctuary where they can work, learn, strategize, and organize free from racially driven macro and microaggressions. Amen. And... On top of her receipts, she is also the co-founder of Black Mamas Matter Alliance and the founder of Sisu Consulting. So welcome to Coffee with Yvonne, Elizabeth! Thank
1: you so much for having me. I love the energy. Absolutely love
0: it. Thank you. You know, when we're recording this, it's like 4.30 in the afternoon, so I'm giving you everything I have left for the day. (laughs) I appreciate it. Yes. Yes. Well, first and foremost, congratulations on successfully opening your co-working space. I saw it again on Instagram that you Mm -hmm. opened officially on, what was it, Monday? Yes. Monday, April 11th, our first day. Wow. That's, it's really awesome. And I'm glad to see that we're actually taking up space in this area. And I know we have our questions, but let me just say before, when I would see these co-working spaces, it didn't look like, Us or a space where we would hang out, it felt still very boys' club, if you know what I'm saying, without me saying it. Absolutely. For you to create something that's not only colorful but also welcoming is a much needed thing in this DMV space. So, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So, for those of you who do not know, you created, as I mentioned, DC's first co working space for Black women and femme of color, entrepreneurs, professionals, and creatives. So, what inspired you to start? And forgive me again, ipade. Mm-hmm. I, I got <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. The, um, so, ipade.
1: Just for everyone who's not familiar with the term, it's a word from the West African Yoruba language that conveys a sense of gathering or coming together. It actually means meeting. And for me, it was really important for us to have a space where we could be safe right, where we could be our whole selves, show up as our whole selves, not have to censor or hide parts of who we are to uh, meet certain expectations. I will just say, you know, white European centric expectations. Um, and I will say that my work with epade has a, a longer story than these past two years that I've been building it throughout the pandemic, which is its own story in itself, right? Building, trying to start, a. a in-person community during a a global pandemic that required us to be physically separate had had its own challenges. But for for me, IPADE's story really starts um, when I was a young professional in the DC area looking for a community of like-minded women, um, progressive black women who um, I could learn from and grow with. And so I started something called Black Women 4 in 2013. Um, We did networking and leadership development, programming, um, some group mentoring, Um, and I did that for about a year before I got really involved in growing what was uh, going to become the Black Mamas Matter Alliance. Um, And for me, you know, a few years later, um, I found myself still wondering where that safe space was for Black women to come together, to support each other professionally, to grow, to build expertise. Um, And there really, I didn't, there wasn't a place, I didn't see one. So EPADE is in part a a physical space for us to um, come together to do those things that matter to us, to not just get work done, but to support each other, to have conversations, to host events, um, to do retreats and wellness activities. So um, it's just, it's our space. And um, it was, it was important that we have that in DC.
0: And I'm glad you said that because like for me, I've worked in various corporate spaces and we've always looked out for each other, or look for each other when we get in these spaces. So it's just a natural fit sometimes where we could just have our own community or safe space. So for you to create that, that is just wonderful. Now, I do know you mentioned you started this during the early days of the pandemic when we were all sitting at home trying to figure out TikTok videos and doing all these dances and everything. You touched on it briefly, but what were some of the challenges and did you ever feel like your dream was too big to be achieved? Oh, wow. Too big. Yeah, that's that's I love that question. So I
1: actually started um, researching and doing some legwork towards IPADE in fall 2019. And, um, early 2020, I was actually looking with a, with an agent, um, real estate agent, looking at spaces that could be the place for, for this, uh, for this dream that I had, um, and then the pandemic hit and, That, you know, just took me on a whirl, what I call a whirly twirly, just like, oh, (laughs) like, what's happening? What, you know, what does the future hold? I don't even know what to do with myself right now, you know, as many people were in the same spot, like, what is going on? So it was, I remember I spent about two or three weeks just in that space of like, what's happening? What do I do? You know, is this gonna even happen anymore? Is it possible for this to happen anymore? And um, I'm one of those people. I'm I'm a little persistent, and people that know me well actually know that I'm a lot persistent. And so, it was going to take more than a global pandemic for me to give up. I don't know what it was going to take, but um, if a global pandemic doesn't do it, you know, I don't know what will. So, I had a moment where I was like, okay, I can do because it's it's not it's about the space, but it's also about more so about what happens in the space, right? and i realized okay i can do what i wanted to do in the space virtually so i did a lot of um zoom events you know bringing people together one of the first um events that we did over zoom was redefining productivity so rethinking what it um what it means to um have an impact in the world right and unpacking these notions of productivity beyond work, like taking care of yourself is productive, sleeping is productive. Um taking a pause and not doing anything, right? As a lot of us needed to do in the early days of the pandemic, um, that's
0: also productive. But I think I've gotten away from your question a little bit. <laughs> just, like you you're just flowing and that's what part of the show is about, it's just letting the energy guide you, you know? Yeah. So those those early days of the pandemic, I think, you know,
1: I was able to respond to what the community was looking for and do some of the things I wanted to do through A virtually. Um, The pandemic did provide the time that I needed to take a moment to learn. Customers and my members really wanted and were looking for, and also to learn how to give that to them. So I became a better entrepreneur with um, a lot of through a lot of the entrepreneurship programs that came out of. the crisis of 2020, you know, with not only um, the economic piece related to the pandemic, but the racial justice uprisings and um, what I'll just call a reinvestment (laughs) and renewed attention (laughs) to Black business owners. It gave me the time to think carefully, to learn, and to put the pieces in place um, so that now I can be more successful.
0: And, you know, I appreciate you saying that because a lot of times people don't realize when you're starting a small business, you don't have to try to figure out all the building blocks on your own. There are resources out there that can help you depending on what your interests are and if you have a clear idea what your business model is going to be. You know, don't just say, I want to sell socks. Okay, well, what kind of socks? What makes your socks different? Why should we care about what these socks are? So I'm glad you brought that up. One thing I did find interesting, I saw on your website that you have, uh, I think you called it founding members. So what, what inspired you to, use that kind of investment strategy of offering people, I think it's a percentage, correct me if I'm wrong, but an opportunity to be a founding member of your co-working space?
1: Yeah, so there's there's no financial percentage of like the business or anything like that. I'm, I'm a sole owner. Um, but the founding members is really a, a public statement. It was a way for to be proud about being a member, to bring attention to people in their network and to make an early, you know, investment, an early small financial investment um, that's that would help me build the space, secure the space, um, and, and move forward. So the founding members were people that were, it was more so like a vote of confidence for me of I believe in you, I trust you, I know that you're gonna make this happen for us. And so I'm I'm willing to become a founding member. Um, I will say that's also the same sentiment that I got from people who contributed to my crowdfunding campaign. So I did a crowdfunding campaign in late summer, 2020, July, August was when it launched, uh, 2020. And that, w- that was interesting, um, in itself and also a bold move. Now that I think about it, it was really bold at the time to, you know, again, in the middle of a pandemic and, um, many changes that were were happening in people's lives and in our society to be like, I'm going to raise funds to make this dream happen that I know is possible. But what I'm, what I see around me is telling me that it's not going to come to fruition. Right. But I believed in it strongly enough to, to ask people to support with their dollars. And they did. And, and that meant a lot. I had 172 people, I think, get to the campaign So, you know, ranging from $5 to um, $1,000. So good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, for me, that is a big vote of confidence and um, it's a responsibility. Like, I'm like, oh, that y'all take me seriously. I have to take myself seriously.
0: And as a black woman, sometimes it is difficult to show up as your authentic self. I would say, Personally, for me, I struggled with that for a very long time of showing up as authentically me and not feeling like I have to code switch or put on airs to make people feel comfortable. That word comfort really irritates me sometimes. Sidebar, it's like, why do I have to work so hard to make someone else feel comfortable and no one cares about my own comfort, you know? But have you ever felt that you couldn't show up as your authentic self at work? Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually wrote something this week
1: on LinkedIn about um about that showing up. And um for me it has been mostly around, you know, appearing professional, uh, making sure that uh, you know, I had the right clothes or even the right hairstyle. Like now I'm growing my locks and I don't know that I would have done that when I was working for someone professionally, right? Or at a at a nonprofit where I used to where I used to work. So um, I think there are ways that people adapt themselves to fit in to make it easier on them, right? It is um, challenging to navigate spaces. And, you know, I don't fault anyone or or my younger self for trying to find ways to make it easier on us, right? Um, But at the same time, I think that is, it can become an inauthentic, inauthentic authentic representation right of who we are um and there's also times where no matter what you do
0: you're still that black girl in the office like oh my gosh like almost, oh yeah look look diversity <laughs> and inclusion it it sits here right <laughs> <laughs> right so um no matter what
1: you do uh you're you're still black we're still black um or we still are people of color um, and people are still going to treat us uh, a certain type of way based on, based on that. Um, it was, it's really important for me, based on the experiences that I've had in professional places and the stories that I've heard other Black women tell about their experience in professional spaces and actually in other co-working spaces in the D.C. area, um, that we have that we have a place of our own where we can feel comfortable, where we don't have to be on guard. I think that's that's the sentiment. It's like you're <laughs> you're you're on guard. You're trying to protect yourself. You're trying to show up a certain way. You're trying to um, keep your job, right? For many people, that's important. I need to keep my job to keep food on the table, so I do what it takes to to do that. Um, but that's stressful. It wears on us. It It's um, emotionally and mentally exhausting. And so Epare is a place where we don't have to be on guard, where we can kind of let that go, where we know people will accept us. Like they understand what locks are, <laughs> you know, they understand why
0: I might show up. With locks one day and breathe the next. <laughs> and speaking of that, like, you know, creating that safe space with EPI Day, I do know a lot of us, myself included, because I call myself a nine to fivepreneur. I work a full-time job, but also I run Pink Doll House marketing on evenings and weekends. A lot of us have transitioned back into the office, whether it's a hybrid work schedule or full-time. How do you think that companies could reset the office environment to make it more of a welcoming space for those of us who are black women of color or just women in general like how do they make it a space for us to feel all included now that we have these almost two years off air quotes from being in a physical space of being in person
1: so this is what i think (laughs) um I I think as long as white supremacy exists, we're never going to feel included and they're never going to have an incentive to make us feel included, welcome, comfortable, accepted, any of those things. So I think they could try. People could absolutely do better um, at trying, but it starts
0: with dismantling racism and no one is willing to do that. I do think, you know, there is part that has to do a lot with the company culture. So if your company culture was already unwelcoming or low key toxic, there's no way to make anyone feel comfortable in that space. But if you already had at least a good foundation of having a company culture that is welcoming one, by the leadership you have in place, two, by the boundaries that are set in your office of making sure people feel respected and seen, and then finally, three, of Making sure people when they do come into the office, you know, they they feel like they could show up in their locks or in some cases their Jordans. I'm not gonna call out my coworker who does this, but he rolls in his Jordans sometimes and I roll in my chucks and no one even bats an eye. So I do think that there's some offices that already have set the foundation but are continuing to build to make sure everyone feels seen now. For those offices where you hide in your car during your lunch, like it's Abbott Elementary, um, they need to kind of scrap it all and start over. To me, it's not having the usual diversity and inclusion person come into the office and do the whole workshop of dismantling racism. It's really putting feet to the fire for those who lead those teams because they set the standards of what people do day in and day out. Yeah, I think, I think
1: there are, like you said, there are some very specific things that um, companies and organizations can do to be more inclusive. Um, and certainly, you know, flexible work hours, flexible schedule, um, not having strict requirements around dress, but it's also about respect. Um, respect and recognition. And again, I've heard so many stories Where Black women in particular are not getting the respect or the recognition that they deserve. Sometimes they get pushed out of their jobs for being too
0: good at their jobs. Can you imagine that? I do. I know. I'm not going to say anything, but I know it. Okay. (laughs) You know those those benefits and
1: perks and cultural, you know, organizational culture pieces that can make it more. Um palatable to work in a, you know, in an office, in a a white dominant space. Um, Those are, those are good, but they're ultimately just band-aids. They're ultimately
0: band-aids. Yeah. And we don't need any more band-aids to try to fix it because what a band-aid does is cover the problem. doesn't heal it.
1: Yep. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And thinking of more of what I said before about being a nine to five preneur, a lot of us are bootstrapping our dreams and just the reality check For a lot of Black and brown women, we do have to work full-time while building part-time to give us either additional income. Let me clarify, additional income, not saying we're going to peace out at our job. Sometimes we just need a little bit more money. Or we're doing it to fund a goal that we've kind of put on the back shelf because we did something more traditional, right? So how does iPad A help support women and fem entrepreneurs to grow their business? I know you mentioned during the pandemic, you held like virtual workshops and things like that, but what other things are you guys doing to help support the community?
1: Thank you for that question. Um, so we are going to continue our programming that is um, focused on business development um, and professional development. And for example, one of the workshops we did, I wanna say in fall of last year, um was around you know moving your uh your idea to actually creating impact um and so that was a three-week um program where uh shinee led a a workshop series on how to actually get your ideas um down and make sure um, they're being targeted to, you know, the right audience and that you can start developing your business plan. So we're going to do more things like that in the physical space. But one of the other things that we do um, is create this community of support and accountability. So um, another thing that I've been thinking about and also, you know, jotting dot, uh, jotting thoughts down to share on, on LinkedIn and on social and public places is this idea that, our network makes us better. Um, Our network of friends, um, I look up to my friends. I look up to um, the people that are around me and they motivate me. I'm trying to keep up with them. Um, And they also share their insights and skills and knowledge. So just an example, one of my friends has a book deal. And so if I ever wanted to publish a book, which I do eventually, I'm like, oh, I know who to go to. Um, because she has a book deal. She has experience working with the publisher. Um, she can give me the insights. I'm actually learning from her as she goes through this process. And so that network is critical in ways that you might not be able to see at first um, or ways that uh, you can't imagine. Like, oh, um, I'm sure folks that came to our first pop-up event that we held in June, 2021, you know there there are people that met there that are still keeping in contact with each other who are friends who um, are exploring business partnerships and so you know they i don't think they knew when they came to that event that that was going to happen but it did so by bringing people together there are connections made um lessons that are shared insights that are shared that are invaluable that you wouldn't find anywhere else.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned about the whole network because there's a saying that your network is your net worth. And there's so something so valuable in when women or communities of color really come together to make something happen, whether it's for the individual or it's believing in everyone's individual goal as a group. And I do think that the survival of women-owned businesses first tier, but then the second tier, the survival of Black-owned businesses, and then the third tier, the survival of Black women-owned businesses, because we just tiered out at this point, depends on the survival of our network. For example, there's that restaurant in everyone's old neighborhood that has never advertised a day in their life at all, but everyone knows they got the best chicken and waffles in the neighborhood, and that's mainly because the community has supported them throughout the years. The restaurant is nothing fancy. The mess, the menu may be a little sticky. Mm-hmm. But the food is good, and the vibe <laughs> is good. And I think that has to do a lot with again that word of mouth that has carried us into. The day and age we are now, which we have digital, more so with social media. Social media has become our new word of mouth need to talk about businesses that we believe in and businesses that we want to support with our dollars. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And word
1: of mouth is is so critical um, for this type of space because it is a community of like-minded people. So, you know, for me as a business owner. I want you to tell your friends, right? I want you to tell the people that you know, cause those are the people that this space is for, um, people that you're that you're sharing with, that you're connecting with, that you're like, oh girl, you're looking for a space. You know, I just saw this, they got the beautiful purple
0: walls and- you know, you know, I thought about four or five people I could tell on this podcast, but go ahead, keep going. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, you know, that, that, again,
1: information exchange within our networks is absolutely critical. It's absolutely critical for people who are trying to grow businesses, people who are trying to advance professionally. Um, you know, keep their businesses open, keep selling those chicken and waffles. Like, um, you know, that, that network is is absolutely it.
0: Yeah, and I and also when it comes to like membership, I when I thought about how you're structuring your business, I imagine the old school supper clubs. Uh, That were like back in the day of like the Harlem Renaissance or the resurgence of the Harlem Renaissance that we're seeing now with new spaces popping up in major city areas. How can someone join EPI Day as a member? Like what are what are the benefits of becoming a member besides having this great community of almost a sisterhood that they can tap into? Absolutely. So so you know, beyond the network, which again, the community, which is
1: super valuable, um, there's also this the physical space. So again, the main benefit uh, is coming to the space, having the space to be productive. To put on your own workshops, you know, for example, if you wanted to, you know, record your podcast or film a podcast here, there's opportunity to do that. Yeah, you should. I was just just thinking,
0: you know, but go ahead, keep talking. I was thinking.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so there's space to do that. We have a a phone booth. We have um, private offices that people can, can rent out for the day to create content. Um, there's the, the common space, which is very beautiful that people can get things done here to host photo shoots, um, host their own events here that will help them um, grow their business, expand their network, live out their, their dreams and their passion and purpose, right? So this is the space for, for them to do that. And then we've got other uh, benefits like discounts at local businesses, I'm in the DC area and free printing and, and some other things. But it's it's a beautiful space and it's ours to use. So I, I hope that folks will, um, will join and use it. And how they can join um, is you know, on our website at ePade.online. Um, there's a short application um, that asks a few questions. And those questions are important because this is really uh, a safe community and we want to preserve that. And that means, you know, there is some some vetting that has to happen to make sure that the people that are coming into the space share our ideals, share our values, will take care of the space. You know, like it's their grandmother's house. That's what I, that's what I like to say. <laughs> you don't choose. disrespect Big Mama House with her plastic <laughs> slipcovers. You don't do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of care um, that went into building the space. So uh we want to make sure that that the folks coming into the space will also care for it so after you apply you know you get an email um and then there's some clear steps on how to um, activate your membership
0: now i know you're located in dc but dc is small but big at the same time depending on where you're coming from um where are you located in dc like is it uh, dupont is it Penn quarter where, where are you in the city yeah,
1: so we're located in Dupont Circle. It's literally steps from the metro. It's maybe a two two minute walk, depending on how fast you walk. It might be three three or four minutes, but it's two blocks um, from Dupont Circle metro, and um, on Connecticut, right off Connecticut Avenue. Uh, it was important to me to have the space in in the heart of DC. One as sort of re, a reclamation of Uh, the Black presence in D.C. um, to make sure that we're, you know, we're here um, and we have space and um, that we're taking up space in the District of Columbia. And it was also important for me to have the space where it is. um, It's kind of like a central location between uh, Virginia and Maryland that people can um, if they're coming from different places, it's accessible to all. So folks in DC,
0: Virginia, Maryland can um, can meet in the middle. And when you were searching for that space, did you feel that being in that part, I know you mentioned, but being in that part of DC was you know hitting all your target demographic needs because sometimes when we're looking for business spaces, they want to push us into, you know, up and coming neighborhoods. But neighborhoods are still transitioning, which there's nothing wrong with being part of it. It's just sometimes we want to be in different spaces. So did you feel that when you searched where you had to kind of like stand firm in what you were looking for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely did. There were so many people, um, you know, not just involved in real estate, but people who I was sharing my dream with. That were like, oh, why don't you do it here? Why don't you do it there? Or, you know, in Silver Spring or in Anacostia or um, Hyattsville or, you know, anywhere outside the city. But I was very firm that, no, it needs to be downtown. <laughs> it, needs to, it needs to be um, in the middle, in the center. Uh, that's where I wanted to start. And again, for me, it's it was really about meeting in the middle and also Having having that space. So yeah, like you said, not not being pushed out to Silver Spring, not being pushed out to Anacostia, um, but wanting to
0: take up space right in the middle of downtown. We're here. We belong here. And we have space here. When it comes to growing Epideh. I know you're starting out in DuPont, but is there a plan to develop even more locations throughout the DMV area or maybe eventually come across the line to Maryland? Virginia can have a little something too, but, you know, branch it out. What's the plan? What's the vision? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, my my primary focus over this
1: next year or so is growing Epod A and ensuring that it provides the quality of experience that I want people to have. Um, I was telling someone the other day, I I don't want to grow too fast just for the sake of growing. Um, For me, it's about quality, consistency, and the richness um, of the experience that people get. So um, the focus is to to grow into the um, DuPont Circle space and to ultimately grow out of it, um, to have a membership and interest that's so large that Um, This, you know, this first space, you know, becomes too small, right? I want that to happen. And then I I do want to expand into areas that have a need. It's really about meeting, meeting the need, meeting people where they are. Um, And so wherever there's opportunity, you know, I do plan to go, but I can't say anything specific at this point.
0: That's okay. I understand, you know, you're you're being smart about it. You're not just trying to place location here. You want to make sure what you have is, is a sustainable model before you branch out and consider other locations. It's smart. Absolutely. It's smart. Yeah. Are there any new projects for you personally coming up? I know you have, uh, forgive me for if I say it correctly, oh, Black Mamas Matter Alliance, and the and you're the founder of Sisu Consulting. So, do you have any other personal projects coming up? No, I mean, I'm like, this is enough. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I've been,
1: i like, I've been, I've been consumed with this for for two years. So, I'm I'm one of those people that I tend to um, keep thinking about. Oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? Um, but I think that, you know, through the pandemic, you know, a lot of people had a lot of revelations and um, new ways of, of existing and looking at life. And one of the things I'm trying to do is to be more present, to, to, to be present in what I've created and what I've built, what I've worked so hard for, um, because I don't want to um, take it for granted, right? When I'm looking to the next thing, it's like, oh, I've already, you know, I put this down or done that, but it's like, no, I'm here. I I worked towards this. I I prayed for this the past two to three years, and um, so now I'm I'm ready to to sit with it and um to kind of to bask in it, to bask in it. Um, I will say one of the things I I plan to do relatively soon, uh, probably in the summer, is that we'll we'll launch. Um, some more structured programming. So we have um, some events coming up that are uh, community networking events, social events, but I do want to build out our business development program. So that's something that I'll do with, with EPOD A later this year, um, but still basking in A. uh so no, no additional projects at this time.
0: That is fine. You are growing something that's very new. Again, I don't think I've seen it in this area, but it, it takes time. Take all the time you need. And now that we've gotten our main questions done and completed, you did well. Elizabeth, you did very well. Thank you. We Got to do our quick fire questions. Now, mind you, these are top of the dome. Don't overthink it, you know, kind of reset. I'm going to ask you three questions and just give me your first answer that comes to your mind. Sound good? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Okay. If you were a superhero, what powers would you have? I could have more than
1: one power. Okay. I would be super strong. I would be able to fly um, and breathe
0: underwater and maybe see the future. Ooh. So you would kind of be like an infinity stone of superpowers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right, why not have them all? If I can have more than one, I want them all. Why not? Get a get a superhero buffet going, you know? <laughs> yes. Okay, you're out with the girls. It is karaoke night. You're up at the mic. What song or rap will you just body at karaoke night?
1: Oh, uh, so the first thing that came to mind was Juicy by Doja Cat, just because my hits are a little...
0: A little, juicy.
1: A little but juicy. I feel like yeah, I feel like I could do that.
0: I feel like I could do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But like you gotta bring you gotta bring the swag with it though. Like, you know. Yes. Happen to your inner lizzo, you know? <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Okay, and finally, if you were a coffee, what kind of coffee would you be? Cause this is coffee with Yvonne, so we gotta know.
1: Okay, I would probably be um Like the spicy mocha that has like the cinnamon with a little maybe cayenne for heat, chocolate, and espresso to, you know, keep you going.
0: So you'll be like a multi-layered surprise.
1: Yes. I like that.
0: That is (laughs) unique. Very cool. Well, Thank you, Elizabeth, so much for joining me for coffee. How can people find out more about you and your business? Yes, they can visit us online. It's
1: ipade.online. And we're on social media at ipadewoc, I-P-A-D-E-W-O-C. Um, so that's the best way to, to get to know us, to learn more, get connected, sign up for our mailing list, and
0: become a member. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me for coffee. I appreciate it. And I hope to see you soon in person at your space. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. So what did you think of the interview? She's great, right? I mean, I wouldn't have anyone who's not great on the show, especially since you're hanging out with me for coffee as well. I value your time. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's chat. To learn more about me and my business, Pink Dollhouse Marketing, you can check out my website, pinkdollhousemarketing.com, or follow my business page on Instagram. You can slide into my DMs at pinkdollhousemarketing.com. Thank you again to our sponsors, Black Nerd Coffee and PG County Apparel. I hope to chat with you soon. Bye! Coffee with Yvonne is produced and edited by Yvonne Pearson. Coffee with Yvonne is created by Pink Dollhouse Marketing. You can catch the latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.